Welcome to issue 22 of 3BZ Presents, the TomCast podcast. I am Tom. I'm back. I'm still here. I'm being joined today by a special guest, the Godfather. Cody's here. Hello, hello. <laughs> it's been a little while, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, if you're enjoying this podcast, you can follow along with the show on Instagram and Twitter at the TomCast underscore podcast on Instagram and at TomCast underscore podcast on Twitter. Uh Please keep in mind that this is the only podcast that knows the difference the difference between the Quarter Pounder with cheese and the Royale with cheese. It's just where you're eating it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to skip a lot of the uh, the introduction here because I want to get into the meat of the show because uh, we, we kind of have a special episode in mind and nothing too crazy, but a couple things popped up over the weekend that we definitely want to talk about. Uh, one of those being that uh, this past weekend in Chicago was Star Wars Celebration. Lots of great Star Wars news popped up, all kinds of cool trailers for the new animated series that's picking up. The new season of Clone Wars is coming. Uh, we haven't seen any footage yet, but I know they played a bunch of stuff from the Mandalore TV show that's going to be on Disney+. And also, Disney+, Plus was announced. It's yes. seven bucks a month. Are you kidding me? I'm buying it. Yeah, how can you not at that price? It's insane. Uh, the only thing that pisses me off about it is that I have to wait as long as I do, because I'm buying it yeah. as soon as it's available. Yeah, I, I went to the website, immediately signed up. Oh, you did that uh, already? Well, I mean, like, you know, for, for getting... I think you just signed up for, like, information right, at this right. point. So they're just going to send you stuff. First to hear when it's ready to yeah, go Yeah, I mean, something. maybe I'll get lucky and get, like, an early beta or something. I don't know. See, that'd be cool. That would be cool as hell, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, seven bucks a month. It's going to be everything. It's, it's, it's... Not only is it all Disney, it's all Marvel, it's all Star Wars, it's all Pixar. Mm-hmm. Uh, they own National Geographic, which I was, wasn't aware of. Oh, really? So you're going to get all the National, Geograph- pro- National Geographic programming. Interesting. I did not know that. So like, Disney just took over this weekend. Will they have some Fox-type stuff because they entered that partnership, or has that not been announced? Nothing yet. Okay. But I wouldn't be surprised if that platform came uh, in addition, you know, once they do, like, Generation 2 or something like that, and once it's, everything's kind of worked out a little bit better. I guess it depends on what was part of that package deal. Yeah, I think I you're know. right. I think you're right. But I think the biggest thing that happened uh, during Celebration was... As predicted on this this very podcast, <laughs> yeah, the trailer mm-hmm. for episode nine was released, and uh, it 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 melted hearts and minds across the world. Mm-hmm. Cody, what was your initial reaction to that Star Wars episode nine trailer? I thought it looked amazing. Honestly, I, it got me actually really jacked up. I was jacked up for the last two movies, anyways, mm-hmm. but this trailer got me jacked up. Not there's a lot of reasons why I think one is because. It's the end of the huge story, obviously. We're coming up to the fun finale here. But the trailer itself was, it's like a teaser, obviously. You're not seeing a ton going on, but... No, there's no context for anything we're seeing. Exactly. But what you do see just looks amazing. The way it starts off, which I'm sure you'll get into, with the the, the ship flying at her. Yeah, with, with Ray standing there and, and, yeah. and, and a TIE fighter trying to run her down. Exactly, yeah. I mean, that's pretty impressive opening for a trailer. I completely agree. I thought that was it, that was a good way to hook you in. It, mm-hmm. I was, it, it got me jacked up. It just looks like it's going to be awesome. And I know some people weren't in love with the last one. I think they're going to love this one. Yeah, I, was gonna, I, I wanted to ask you since, you since you brought it up. I, I, I don't recall exactly, but what were your feelings on The Last Jedi? I liked the last... I liked it, but um, I thought it had a little too much... Uh, tie into the original series a little bit with them going on a mission to steal something and then getting caught and then having to get rescued and all that. That was a, that storyline took me out of it a little bit and it seemed to go on a little longer than I would have uh, than I wanted to watch it. Mm-hmm. But as a whole, I thought it was really good. I didn't want to see Luke disappear into the ether the way he did, but as we see and hear in the trailer, 
if just because you're not seen, you're I don't remember the exact verbiage, but just because you're not there doesn't mean you're gone. Who knows if he's coming back? Who knows? I if think he's he gonna... said something along the lines of uh, "What is dead may never die," right? Yeah, that's exactly it. There you go. <laughs> oh wait, wrong. Sorry, wrong franchise. <laughs> so I, I got mixed up. So he was on the Iron Islands the whole time. <laughs> that's right. he's that's where with, with uh, Theon Greyjoy. That's where they had to find him with the Porgs. <laughs> Actually, the Iron Islands look a lot like where they he was do. I didn't even think about that till right now. But yeah, you're totally right. That, <laughs> that's actually a good. Little crossover. Oh my gosh, how cool would that be? It's great. <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's pull it back though. Let's go back back into Star Wars. Sorry. Yeah. No, I, I pretty much agree with the, your assessment of Last Jedi. I've been saving in depth conversation on the Star Wars films for when our, our good friend Mike is available mm-hmm. uh, because he is a Star Wars Uber nerd number mm-hmm. one. He's bigger than me in regards to his Star Wars fandom. And he, he has lots of thoughts and lots yeah, of opinions. Absolutely. So I, I definitely want him to come on and, and, and do that together. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I liked the Last Jedi. I was a, I was in I'm in the fan category. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you, there were certain parts of the story I didn't. I was a little leery on. Like I didn't really care for what they had Finn doing. I exactly. Wasn't great. Yeah. I wasn't stoked on Poe's story either. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought all the stuff with Ray and Luke and the Force and all that stuff. I thought that was really really interesting, really compelling stuff. See, I like that because you. It's not as and I, we're not going to go into it obviously tonight because it's not the focus of the show right now, but. A lot of these movies, and I feel like, or TV shows even, and we've talked about it, they have to do the setup. And this did, obviously, it was the little setup between, you know, the, 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 when they brought it back up into what we're going to see this Christmas. And it, luckily, it wasn't as bad as, say, like the Crimes of Grindelwald that came out, which was like <laughs> just a total cash grab of a setup where there sure. literally nothing happened for two and a half hours and it was just an absolute bore fest. At least. <laughs> Harsh. Uh, that movie was terrible. I'm sorry if anyone <laughs> liked it, but Crimes of the first Fantastic Beast, again, I don't want to go down this road too much, I thought was, was really good. Uh, Eddie Redmayne, who plays uh, Newt. Did a good job. The second one, Crimes of Grindelwald, absolute turd. Just sucked. It was terrible. I, I, don't, I remember I, you texting me about it after you saw it. And you I thought were just it was really upset. I thought it was absolutely <laughs> horrible. Just like one of the worst movies I've seen in a very long time. But that being said, there was a lot to be set up with, uh, you know, Ray coming of age and becoming like realizing who she is and figuring out where she came from and what her powers are and all that stuff. And I really loved all that. The way her interaction with Luke and Luke being kind of a pain in the ass, the way Yoda was kind of a pain in the ass to him and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Like it almost was like you got to earn it type of situation. But I did like the the growth yeah. between with that movie compared to the the first one leading into this next one, I did like the growth on on uh, Last Jedi a lot. Yeah, and I I, I think this, that film in particular did a great job of, of preventing Star Wars from going into a cycle of mm-hmm. being very similar to each, to itself. Right. You know, it, it, I think I think it's important to to make sure that Star Wars movies going forward aren't tied to the fate of Skywalkers or Solos. Right. And again, we won't dive into it too deeply, but that, that's kind of what I took from the film and what I thought Star Wars needed to do for itself because if Disney wants to have this successful Star Wars franchise forever, which I'm assuming is what they want because, I mean, we all want to see great Star Wars movies. You you can't be too sacred about it. You can't right. be too holy about it. you got to be able to have fun with it. Well, and I don't think Disney's plan was to buy 
buy out the rights to do Star Wars movies to do three movies plus a couple of spinoffs and then be done with it. Yeah. We're going to see more, I assume. Yeah. But this storyline obviously is coming to an end. I don't know if you know what's coming next or if they've announced anything coming next, but obviously it's not the end of these movies. No, but along those lines, I mean, 20 years from now, do you really want to be seeing a movie about like Han Solo's great, 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 great granddaughter? I mean, is it that important that the character has to be related to the original? You know, whatever. No, I get your point. (laughs) It is great to break away from that a little bit. Yeah, and show that other people in the universe are capable of doing things. Yeah, aside from like two families happen right. to be very strong and the rest are a bunch of goners. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone else is just, you know, chattel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But back to the trailer. Mm-hmm. We see, you know, everything is it's just like snippets of things. Like I said, no context. Right. You know, you get a shot of BB-8 and a cute little droid that he's friends with now who looks mm-hmm. like kind of like a rolling duck. Right, yeah, yeah. I don't know what that is, but yeah, yeah I get it. You know, we, we, have, we, have, we have Finn looking... Longingly at something I don't know, somewhat heroic. <laughs> something heroic. We see C three PO with a you know, you know right on a, on a on a speeder some kind of, of some spe- sort. Yeah, yeah. speeder sail bargey kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> you see Poe kind of in the background quickly. And yeah, Poe doing his thing. It's a lot of not a lot of quick snip snippets mm-hmm. of action, random things. We have no like I said, no context, no idea what's going on, nothing. We we see. Interestingly enough, we see Kylo Ren welding his mask back together. Yes, that is interesting. So he's pissed, and he's coming back with a vengeance. Mm-hmm. One thing, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here, but I wanted to get your thought on with this trailer was the uh, the whole, like, you'll never get the ship back over my dead body thing. But you see Lando flying the Falcon again. You sure do, <laughs> don't you? So Billy D in, 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 in an outfit very reminiscent of what he his character wore. In the solo film. Right, yeah. And I'm like, that's kind of a interesting little way mm-hmm. to connect things over there. Yeah. You see him, he's got his nice little Billy D chuckle going. Yeah, and, but uh, Billy D's back. He's flying again. You know, I don't know why Chewbacca's like giving him the pilot seat though. I think Chewbacca should have demoted him to like first mate or something. I don't know. Maybe he just didn't want to deal with it. <laughs> you think Lando's a pain in the ass? Uh, from the way he sort of turned his back on them in the original three, yeah, he's a little <laughs> bit of a pain in the ass. <laughs> kind of a diva, huh? It's kind of hard to trust someone like that after a while. You know what I mean? I love I me some. Know. I love me some Lando. He's a little high maintenance. Yeah, exactly. You know, he likes to find things in lives, and I'm a, I'm a little bit more blue collar than him. Yeah, I get your. I get what you're saying. <laughs> but no, it's great. I'm to excited. See Billy. To, I'm excited to see what he does. I'm excited to see. It's cool to see him back and see where he, where the movie goes with him as the story. In the story again. I'm really hoping he breaks out his moves from Dancing with the Stars. I know mm-hmm. he, he learned a few things when doing that show a few years ago. That'd be great. Yeah, maybe dancing with some droids. Apparently he's into that, we, as we learned from the solo film. Yeah, there you go. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> or, or would it just be disturbing? I don't know. I think there's too much story to tell. Yeah. For them to screw around there's too a lot much. To, there's a lot to wrap up in this film. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this is the concluding chapter of, of, of Ren... <laughs> And Ray and and Finn and all, all these characters like this is mm-hmm. the big one. This puts the bow on everything. It Supposedly the, we're done with them after this. It should put the bow on everything from the the original trilogy up to the prequels to now. Yeah, this like is the, it. Right. This is like the Skywalker family saga is, is done, done after this. Yeah. Okay. So there there's supposed to be you know uh, there's a lot to wrap up here. You know what what happens with Kylo? What happens with mm-hmm. the 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 new order? How does the resistance play out? Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot to take care of in this movie, and I you know imagine it'll be two two and a half hours long. Right. So I, I think this movie's gonna be insanely action packed mm-hmm. and insanely fast. It's got to be fast. Yeah. I don't there, think there, you there can many lulls. Yeah, I don't think you can waste a lot of time on this one. You gotta. It's kind of like uh, Infinity War. You got there's a lot of story to tell. You got to jump right in and go for it. Mm-hmm. You get like five minutes of chill time with. Uh, Downey Jr. and Paltrow in the park, and then it's action from the whole time out yeah. after that. So yeah. I think that's the the route they need to take here. 
I don't want to see any lollygagging. I want to see stuff <laughs> going no on. There's no time to lollygag. Exactly. There's no time, no place for it at all. Right. It's, this is all maximum effort mm-hmm. from all the characters in this film. Right. So let, let me let me fast forward here to to the the I guess I guess we can call it the high point of the trailer. Right. You have the shot, all the characters, Finn, Poe, Ray, Chewbacca, everybody on like this landscape looking out into the ocean, mm-hmm. wreckage of the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Pretty impressive looking. Right. I think we're all thinking that's it's the second Death Star, the one from over Endor. So either they're on Endor or the moon of Endor where mm-hmm. you know where the Ewoks are, maybe maybe get an Ewok cameo. That'd be cool. Know. Some people, that's a polarizing thing, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. No, I, the Ewoks are different polarizing, but I'm okay with it too. I mean, but it also makes sense that they would make a little cameo because Funko has been doing a lot of Ewok pops lately. Did you get that giant one from Target? I didn't, but I saw it. <laughs> I saw it too, and I was like, I don't know if I can have an Ewok that big in my house. I just can't go down that road like you and Mike do with the uh, oh. Star Wars collection because it's just too much. It is best to be the road less, road less traveled. Yeah. And I, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm big on the, Game of Thrones stuff, and it doesn't get as you don't get as screwed over with Game of Thrones in regards to uh, <laughs> it's, collectibles. It's so hard to get the cool ones you want. Yeah, Star Wars is like every day there's something new, yeah, and you can't get it. Ridiculous. And that's just like I don't want to live the life you and Mike are living with that right now. <laughs> so, so what do you think that scene is about? Like, what, what's your speculation? Uh, that could be towards the end. I don't know. Maybe that's once they fin- once they finish everything in the battle. I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to say on that one, but. That's got to be, like you said, the second one that was hanging around mm-hmm. that come crashing down. But I, I don't know if that's going to be towards the end, if that's going to be the beginning. Like, holy crap, what's going on here? I, it's hard for me to make a prediction on that, honestly. To, to me, it feels like, I, I don't know if it'll be the end or, or beginning of the film. It does mm-hmm. feel like a major, it's definitely going to be a major set piece. It's a definite turning point of some sort. Yeah. It's got to be. And, I mean, there, there had been rumors as, as far back as The Force Awakens mm-hmm. of, of there being early script early versions of the, of the script for Force Awakens that had uh, the the Emperor's, thro- uh, Emperor's throne room mm-hmm. as a, a, a significant part of the story. Okay. Like, they're, they're recovering some sort of artifact or mm-hmm. some kind of... Something was going on in there, and it involved, like, going underneath the... going going uh, aquatic, mm-hmm. which is something we, we don't see often from Star Wars. And and the, the, our, our heroes having to emerge into the throne room to recover something, okay. or possibly someone. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the the rumors about that script or that version of the script were never really clear because mm-hmm. it, it was just rumor and hearsay. Right. And then Force Awakens came down and it was never there. So we mm-hmm. were like, okay, they just threw that out. Now here we're seeing the second Death Star, and the trailer ends with Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> exactly. Just yeah. Laughing his balls off. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen him for quite a while, right? Quite a while. So, yeah. the, you know, obviously the, the speculation is rampant yeah. about what that, that's all about. Like it seems like that's what most people took away from the trailer was that laugh at the very end when it yeah. goes pitch black and you hear the laugh and everyone's like, no, he's yeah. back and all that. So, And so I guess at, at the, the way it played out at Celebration, when they, when they debuted the trailer, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the lights are off, everyone's right. engrossed in the trailer. It wraps up with that laugh, and everyone's losing their shit. Mm-hmm. Lights come back on, and uh, Ian McDermott, the actor who plays Palpatine, is on the stage. Oh, wow. Okay. And in his emperor voice, wow. tells them to roll it again. Wow. So the lights go back down again. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they're definitely playing up his, at least an appearance in the film. Right. But again, no context, no information. We don't know if it's... Uh, a clone of the emperor, or, or, mm-hmm. or force ghost of the emperor. You know, force ghost seems reasonable since I'm assuming that's how we're going to get Luke in this film. Right, right. 
But again, I'm speculating. I have no idea what's coming. Well, the trailer. For all I know they can have an entire cloning chamber down there with everybody in it. Yeah, <laughs> and they're all going to come back to life. That'd be quite a wacky, weird twist, huh? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the Palpatine thing's going to lead to. I, it's hard for me to speculate on that too. I don't. I don't know. I saw the trailer a couple times and mm-hmm. was taken back by it and thought it looked rad, but I don't know it as much as you do. So I'm, I'm kind of taking it at face value. Like I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see where it goes. But well, I don't want. I don't know if I'm ready to make too many predictions on that because there's so little to take away from right. just a laugh. And and I don't know much either, honestly. Uh, I I do my best to to avoid those websites that do the spoilers and and and, and, and rumors and stuff like that. I, I I'm not that interested. I'd rather mm-hmm. be able to go into the movie and just enjoy it for what I'm getting, right. and not for what I heard about that may happen. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of like, oh well, that would have been cool. I don't want to do that. I want to play ev- that game. Everyone, every blog and everything has got some sort of prediction and how they can read. It's like this whole religious thing where you read the Bible and you just want to decipher it your way. And everyone does that with everything nowadays. And it it becomes daunting because you read something and it's like, well, this guy says this and this girl says that. Then you watch the movie and you're like, every one of them was wrong. So it's like, (laughs) is there really a point in reading these blogs and listening to these quote unquote like experts who know they don't know anything about this. Right. They're not a part of the production. Right. What do they know? No, I, it's funny. I, re- I remember back to when Episode One was coming out. The you know the first of the prequels, mm. the first Star Wars movie in you know twenty something years. Right, and people were naturally excited, and everyone's you know got their tickets in advance. Everyone's lined up. And and this you know that was like what was that like ninety eight ninety nine something like that I don't remember long time but, ago but you know the internet was a fairly new thing we were all mm-hmm. communicating mostly via message board at that point yeah yeah true and there were message boards that were they were basically just the the dawn of rumor mills oh yeah and even back then I remember I would go into those rumor mills because at the time I was interested in in the, in the speculation and kind mm-hmm. of being part of like a Star Wars discussion well after twenty something years of nothing that you've loved for you know your entire existence right if you get a little taste of it that's where I understand you go on the message board and be like I want to soak in as much as I can yeah hundred percent but I, I I remember distinctly coming across you know dozens maybe even hundreds of threads mm-hmm. Who's Darth Maul connected to? Who's he related to? (laughs) Star Wars has a fascination with bloodlines. Yeah, they do. (laughs) So it it, it was funny to kind of see how that played out in the film, too, where he's like, oh, he's just kind of the the disposable villain. Yeah, he was there for a quick bit and gone and then never talked about ever again, really. Though they have done a nice job with his legacy, not in the films, but in the uh, the other forms of media, like the the Clone Wars series, the Mm -hmm. Rebels cartoon series. The animated series have done fantastic things with Maul, as Mm -hmm. as, as have the comic books. And then, obviously, when if people saw the end of Solo, mm-hmm. they saw the mall still kicking around, actually, in the films, too. All right. Though, since there's no word on if we're going to get a second Solo movie, mm-hmm. who knows how that'll play out. Well, I mean, with Disney Plus coming up, they're coming out with a lot of crazy uh, content and mm-hmm. new original programming. And that, that may be the direction they go. Who knows? They could do a, a Darth Maul origin story. That would be pretty cool. Or they could just tie it into the Mandalore series, yeah. even. That could be part of the connections. There you go. So, it's super interesting. Uh, and and the last thing I wanted to bring up with the trailer is obviously the, the name, mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker. Again, another hot button issue, right? As far as fan speculation goes, mm-hmm. and I was curious if you had any thoughts or opinions on it, or if you're just like, okay, cool, I'm gonna, I'm going to see what this is all about. I don't know. From an outside point of view, Rise of Skywalker, and then the way it starts off with her with the lightsaber and doing that crazy like superhero kick over the mm-hmm. the the fighter. It it leads me to believe that there's going to be some sort of tie-in that she's related somehow. But so I could you, be you wrong. think they may do the thing where they kind of either discard or just ignore what was said in the Last Jedi? Yes, 
Okay, you think, that, you think it's a possibility? Mm-hmm. Now, see, I'm, I'll be honest. I hope that that doesn't happen mm-hmm. because I feel like if they do that, that to me, that feels like they're giving in to like, the internet bullies. What gives in to the whole bloodline thing like you talked about? Like, everyone's got to be related to someone of power yeah. or else you're a nobody. You totally discount everything from that last film and you invalidate yeah. the entire pro- well, viewing of that movie. Like, well, the thing, why watch this now? Because it doesn't mean shit. The thing from the Last Jedi, I was I walked away from it, sort of thinking like maybe that was just a misdirection to make you think like, oh well, it's this way, and then next thing you know, she's related now. And oh, now, look at that! And it, and, it, and it could be a misdirection, but I think I'd be I think I'd be a little unsatisfied if mm-hmm. they did misdirect us in that in, in that way, and it's like, oh yeah, she is connected to so and so, so bloodlines do matter, and <laughs> she has to be this because right, right. they're the best. And I, I, I don't want to get too into, like, the whole, like, sexism thing on this show, obviously, but why can't the woman hero just be a strong woman hero? Why has it got to be, like, tied into, like, strong bloodlines to I make her strong? You know what I mean? agree with you there. Like, why can't she just be great? So I'd like to venture a theory with to mm-hmm. you. Okay. This is a theory that and I initially thought that I was one of the first people to think of, but it, it, after looking closely on the internet, I am far from the only person who's, who's, who's along the same train of thought. Mm-hmm. All right, so the last movie is called Star Wars The Last Jedi. Right. And in that movie, Luke says, the Jedi must end. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is a quote from Luke Skywalker's mouth, mm-hmm. verbatim. Because he, see, he sees the cyclical nature of the, of the conflict in the Star Wars universe. Right. The new movie is called Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. What if, by the end of this film, going forward, force-sensitive people are now called Skywalker? That's a good and that theory. way, Ray can say, "I am a Skywalker." Yeah, and <laughs> everyone can just go suck a dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a good theory, and I like that because then she can be her own great hero. Mm-hmm. But then it ties into the legacy in a really good way without being like, "Well, you're only great because you're some dude's daughter." Well, and it know? gives Luke a great legacy too, yeah, which exactly. I think a lot of people were bummed about the way you know a lot of people were, were bummed with the way Luke ended. Mm-hmm. And I, I can understand that, even though he did arguably the most powerful thing we've ever seen a Jedi do in a, in a movie. Um, but this would actually cement his legacy going forward. Every generation going forward of Force-sensitive people mm-hmm. are a Skywalker. And I like the fa- I like that idea because it, when he kind of goes off into the universe, it's like he becomes one with all the Jedi Force people. Right. And now he's like... When you are when you have when you're instilled with the force or you become one with the force, you're one with Skywalker. Yeah, and I like that. Theory. I think that would be a great way of. I think that. that you know again, and I could be dead wrong, and this could mm-hmm. go in a totally different direction. Uh, but I like that idea as far as rumors and speculation go. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm in line with that. I like that theory. a lot. That's kind of where I'm going to plant my flag. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know me, I'm pretty malleable and easy to please so right. no I'm, i think that's a great theory i don't know if, i don't know who came up with it first but you thought of it as well and i think that's a, i would be super stoked with that as the outcome <laughs> especially if at the end if they were to like jump forward a bit and you see like the jedi as a strong power again and mm-hmm. there's a lot of them and they're not in hiding anymore and they're kind of like policing the universe isn't that what they were supposed to be doing anyway yeah not basically. fighting like constantly one dude or the whoever. guardians of peace and justice in the galaxy exactly like give let them let the sky Skywalker people do what they are meant to do. And that would be a great legacy for for Luke going forward. And for all the other people that who have been Qui-Gon, uh, Obi-Wan, Yoda. It's a good thing for everyone. Yeah. I it's think like I, their legacy lives on through this master uh master Luke, which is I think that's great. Yeah, I mean I'm into the idea. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh the movie comes out at Christmas. I think it's December nineteenth, sixteenth, somewhere around there, right before mm-hmm. the right before the big big holiday season. Yeah. I 
suspect there'll be one more trailer probably, but I kind of hope there isn't. I bet right in Comic Con time we'll probably see something. Yeah, we'll probably see something right around there. I kind of I I wouldn't I would be really delighted though if they played this really close to the vest and didn't put anything else out. <laughs> that would be pretty cool actually. Because I mean, let's be honest, we're all going. Tickets are going to sell no matter what. They wouldn't even have to put a, produce a trailer. They could just put out like a poster and handwritten like Star Wars. The, the new Star Wars comes out on this day, and yeah. tickets would sell. Yeah, it, it's matter. it's just like Avengers Endgame. It's like yeah, we're going. Yeah. I don't care if you put out a trailer. <laughs> I was exactly. going to buy a ticket anyways. Yeah. Which is uh, let me let me mention something back too on the on the mm-hmm. previous episode of of podcast on issue twenty one. I had mentioned how my anticipation level was extremely high for Avengers, more so than Star Wars, and mm-hmm. I factored that in because I hadn't seen anything for Star Wars yet. Okay, now that I've seen something for Star Wars, just as high. <laughs> We're on even equal footing again. So Star Wars didn't overtake your excitement for of Avengers then. Your... It didn't overtake it. They are they are neck and neck. Okay, and it just means that I have to make sure that I live long enough to see Star Wars. Right, right. <laughs> so, so bus drivers beware. If, <laughs> if they were coming out the same day, which would you see first? Ooh, <laughs> oh man! I gotta say, you'd be in line, you'd do the Star Wars first because it's Star Wars, and you've been living well. You've been living with Marvel your whole life too, so I guess yeah. it's kind of hard to I mean, say. Star Wars was first. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh god damn! I but mean, so I would is, I would see them back to back. That's what I would say. I would, <laughs> and I wouldn't the, have my phone with me because I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I would assume that you'd probably buy dual tickets same day, but I'm just wondering which theater you're walking into first. I guess it doesn't matter all that much if you're seeing them same day. I think but. I lean. I think I lean Avengers. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm 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 hanging. Mm-hmm. I, I I I mean Avengers ends on a cliffhanger it basically. Does, yeah. And Star I need, Wars. I need that resolution. Star Wars left. With you being like, I'm comfortable to wait this out for a little bit. Yeah. Infinity War ended with me like, I need that now. Like, this is <laughs> stupid. I don't want to wait. It's like, wait, you just did what now? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and trust me, I was one of those people. I was extremely delighted to see the snap happen mm-hmm. in, in, in the movie. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh my God, I have to wait a year for resolution. Mm-hmm. I think I need that resolution before I can right. enjoy Star Wars. Because I'll, I'll just be sitting there in Star Wars being like, I wonder, I wonder how they beat Thanos. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> So that's that's where I'm at, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm glad we saw that trailer. I think there's a lot of cool stuff. I think it's going to be uh, exciting mm-hmm. leading up to Star Wars. I love Ray as a as a hero, as a heroine. I I'm, truly love who Ray is. I have since Force Awakens. I think she is just such a killer character. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Ray fan. I am too. I and, really. And am. anyone who wants to bring up that that Mary Sue argument with me, I will punch you in the neck. Which it's, argument is that? Oh, just that, that she's a powerful woman because that way they can have a powerful woman, and you know, and she's not really. Oh, whatever. Yeah, she's because one of the there's a lot of aspects to Ray that I love. One of the aspects is that she's she's super badass. She's strong. She's powerful. She's smart. She's independent. But she's also awkward enough that she's not like a Wonder Woman type character where she's just out to kick ass. Like she's she's doing the best in her circumstance, but she's still incredibly awkward about the way she goes about things. Even in the trailer when she's running, she just looks kind of like a dork running through the <laughs> desert. You know what I mean? But despite her like dorkiness and her like awkwardness and her unsure like self doubt, she still does these great things. And I think that's why I love her so much as a character is that she's not just like, yeah, I'm badass and I'm going to prove it. She's like, I don't really know what I am, but I'm going to do my best. Mm-hmm. And her best is like better than most. Yeah. I, I fell in love with that character very quickly during, uh, during the force awakens. Mm-hmm. Um, just because she was like an independent, 
on her own kind of person. And, and mm-hmm. when, when Finn shows up, Finn tries to like be protective and responsible for her. And she's like, I'm good, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. I, I don't need you here. Right. I'll be all right. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that. I, I fell in love with the character instantly because of that. You know, he, Finn keeps trying to like protect her. And she's like, I'm, I'm fine. Leave me alone. So yeah, I'm definitely uh, excited to see how everything wraps up with those, those characters. Finn, Poe, um, obviously Ray, mm-hmm. as we we're just talking about. And again, let me, let me go back to the last Jedi real quick too, uh, because the one thing that that, or I guess I should say, the biggest takeaway I have from it from uh, Finn's adventure with Rose on, on mm-hmm. the gambling planet was that I'm hoping, I hope to God, that 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 Finn has lost his kind of like obsession mm-hmm. with Ray. And then oh, he yeah. can now go on and be his own character too. Yeah, I agree with that. Because I was getting a little tired of the "Where's Ray?" stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was, like, I was like, you can be your own dude. Yeah, and that's another thing is like you don't need to. I know that like romance and love stories sell from time to time, but I'm sure. kind of done. I don't really need a love story in every movie. Well, no, it's and fine you, if you, you just want these do characters, your thing. Kind of like what you were alluding to. I mean, you want both these characters to be able to discover themselves, even right. if it is slightly awkward and slightly painful. Especially mm-hmm. for Finn, who apparently has a crush because he's never seen a woman before. <laughs> exactly, who's not yeah. in the stormtrooper armor. Right, right. <laughs> so, I mean, I understand his infatuation, but he needed mm-hmm. to grow and develop. And I think that was uh, probably the biggest benefit to his story from the Last Jedi. Yeah, I didn't think about it in that sense. And now that you mentioned that, that storyline does come off better to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't pick up on that while I watched it. I just thought, like, this is taking a really long time to tell a story that's obviously not going to go well. We know damn well Toro's character is going to turn his back on him. We right. all see it right. coming. We all see it coming. So just give it to us already and let us move on. But it makes sense that he had to... It's like he he did come up as a stormtrooper. He had never really dealt with people ever. And he needed that like betrayal to see like people can be bad. I mm-hmm. need to be my own person and make my thoughts about human beings. You can't trust everybody. No, and he needed Rose to kind of guide him emotionally away mm-hmm. from anger and revenge, which we know are bad. Right. And uh, uh, into, into something more hopeful and optimistic and, and kind of, like I said, help that character grow beyond... Mm-hmm. What we saw in the Force Awakens, what we yeah. saw in the, at the beginning parts of that movie. So, like, the, the, I, I, there's some nice little arcs, nice little character mm-hmm. moments in that story. They don't show her in the trailer, but we know Rose is in the new uh, Star Wars movie, and J.J. Abrams speaks extremely highly of that character. Really? So he she's said back. one of the best things Ryan Johnson did was bring her into this movie because she, he he loved having uh, Kelly. Oh, Kelly is it Kelly Marie Tran? I think the I actress's can't name. Yeah. He loved having her on so set. So she's coming movie. back even after what happened to her at the end of the last movie. Yeah, and apparently at Celebration, when she, she came on stage and got one of the biggest crowd reactions ever. Good so for people, her. yeah, you know, Twitter trolls are, are, are awful. She and deserves it because she got a lot of unnecessary nonsense from a lot of morons. It was, te- yeah, a lot of morons. Yeah. It was terrible what happened to her online. Mm-hmm. I don't blame her for, for pulling back, but it, it was a shame because uh, previously her. Her profile was all about positivity and, mm-hmm. and, and helping build people up and, and being supportive about all kinds of great causes. And mm-hmm. it sucks that after that movie came out, just because people didn't care for it or whatever, they, they, they lash out at the, the mm-hmm. actors, the act- actresses that are in the film. That's ridiculous. It's insane. It's insane the, the, the online world nowadays. Well, that's been happening even back to like Phantom Menace days because the kid who played Anakin got so much hate at school. He like quit acting. Now he has like mental issues and stuff, mm-hmm. but he walked away from it because, and still to this day, when he's asked about Star Wars, he just hates, he's angry because he got hated on it by other like kids and picked on for being in a movie that people thought was stupid. And it's like, it's not his fault. He's an actor. He's a kid. He was in a cool movie at the mm-hmm. time. 
He thought, probably thought it was going to be super badass to be in a Star Wars movie. Who out there would not take that opportunity? I mean, none of us knew that Jar Jar Binks was going to be terrible. Exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. not his fault. <laughs> yeah. Who knew pod racing would be boring? <laughs> I actually like the pod racing. <laughs> that is probably the best part of the whole movie. Oh, man. Well, come on. The Darth Maul fight's pretty great. Darth Maul is great. See, that's going back to that, they needed to give him more because he was a badass, like, aerobatic uh, uh, villain. And he was just like, he was just so badass that I just don't think he got the justice. I would love to see something more from him at some if, point. If you get the opportunity to, uh, and it sounds like once you have Disney Plus, you will, uh, I would check out the Clone Wars cartoon mm-hmm. and then Rebels after that. Okay. They, they do a lot of great stuff with the Maul character. Nice. Okay. I, I'll I can check that you, out. I can lend you some comics too. Hell yeah. All right. I'll yeah. check that out. I got all this week off and I'm not leaving the house much, as you're aware. <laughs> Personal reason. Cody, but, uh, shut in this week. Yeah. But, uh, Family stuff, you know. But I'm staying home, so maybe I'll jump in. Is it on Netflix, right? Or did they pull that? It might have been pulled. I would check, though. Okay. I'll check, check it out. Yeah. I, they are pulling things slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. All the Marvel stuff is still on there. Not all of it. It's just Some. like the recent stuff. They have Guardians 2, Avengers, the, yeah. uh, Infinity War. Black Panther, Black Ant-Man, Panther, all that stuff. And Ant-Man. Yeah, you're right. Just those four right now. Uh, worst case scenario, though, I do have Blu-rays you can borrow. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Um, all right. Let's transition. As much as I want to talk about Star Wars more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Something else happened great. This happened just uh, just last night. The final season. <laughs> yeah. Game of Thrones. Happy, happy, if you're not joy, watching Game of Thrones, happy, why are you? Joy, don't listen joy. to this podcast. Go watch it. Get are caught we, up. Are we spoiling on this? Are we allowed? Or are we doing no spoilers? I'm going to hit the alarm. Okay, so spoiler alarm is ready. Okay. Yeah. I was worried when you asked me to be honest to talk Game of Thrones. It's like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it because if we can't spoil, then... No, I'm going to hit talk. the alarm right now, okay? Hang on. Yeah, alarm. yeah, yeah. So from now on, if you're listening, it, you're, it's your own fault. Yes, right. Gotcha. No, granted, that said, there's not a whole lot to spoil from last night. No, there's really not. I mean, there's a couple things here and there, and I think if we were to really... Like, I only watched it once. I wanted to watch it again today, but I was hooked on that news today, so I was watching all that, but... You know, it's um, funny. I, I had the same thought. I wanted to go back and watch it, and then I was like, ooh, but I, I didn't watch Killing Eve last night, and I had to watch Killing mm, Eve, okay. so... Which is my other obsession besides mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. But uh, see, I, I... But you're the Game of Thrones... In case people don't know this about you, because they may not, Cody is the Game of Thrones man. Like, I you love are, Game of Thrones. Yeah, you are uber fan Game of Thrones number mm-hmm. one. You have all the theories... All the speculation and all the Funko Pops. Yeah, see, I don't know, and I don't know that I want to dive into theory. I have theories about where this is headed, but I don't know how deep we want to go into that, some of that tonight, but I will get into some if you want me to. But I, I might ask you for a, a prediction, just because I feel like we won't get back to this until after the season's done. Yeah, So yeah. it might be nice to get a prediction now, and I'll, 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 I'll give one too, don't worry. And I could be way off base, and that's fine. Um, but oh, I'm I, sure I am. I do have some speculation. All right. but, uh, so, yeah, I mean, last night we... we it kind of continues the trend of what happened at the end of last season with, with the reunion of the characters. Right. That and it's two reunions crux. that we've been waiting for, for a long time. We haven't seen John meet up with Arya yet, and mm-hmm. we hadn't seen John meet up with Bran yet. We finally got to see both of those. Those were highlights. Those were highlights. Though I don't, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here, but my favorite reunion didn't happen until the very end. Oh, yeah. Oh, but, yeah. But it, we'll, we'll talk about that maybe a little yeah, bit yeah, later. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it was... Especially John and Arya, who had such a great relationship in the first season. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it bears mentioning uh, that when Game of Thrones starts, all these characters are together. And then they've spent the last seven years mm-hmm. not seeing each other. Right. So, I mean, not only for the actors is it getting back together again. I mean, the, these characters have are gone through the ringer. Yeah. 
they are completely different from where they were. Absolutely. But they still have that in, intense emotional connection to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Arya believed... Arya was the one Stark who treated John like a brother. Right, right. And 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 John treated Arya like the warrior that she wanted to be, mm-hmm. not like somebody who was going to be a, pre- a princess. Right, yeah. You know, and and so those characters had a a, a fantastic bond with each other. Mm-hmm. And to see them reunited finally was fantastic. I that was one of my favorite parts of the night last night was seeing those two finally see each other. I got a little choked up during that. Honestly. Yeah, that I was waiting for that. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was even sitting on the couch watching it when. Um, they're all coming through, and she finally sees him on the horse riding through, and you see her light, her face light up, and he just goes past and doesn't see her. And I was even like, "Come on, come on, <laughs> just see her." That's, you know, you know what? My wife said the same thing. She's like, "Why was? Why did she say something?" Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like, just give it time; it'll yeah. happen. Yeah, I knew it was coming. I just was like, "I'm waiting for that." Reunion, yeah, because yeah. the John and Bran reunion, not to jump ahead, was very lackluster, but which we all expected because, because Bran is. Totally different than the he's character not, he was. Yeah, the, he's barely Bran. Right. The so Sansa, Arya, and John at least have some of their original uh, se- season one characteristics that they're still somewhat human beings. Mm-hmm. Bran is not. Bran no, is Bran completely is off the else. rails. Some kind of weird tree god, right? Being almost. <laughs> but it seems like he's really embraced what he he's been embracing who he is for a long time on the show. I think in the story, but he it's like. Over this break, he still he was saying he had a lot of work to do and to, to become who he was going to become. But it seems like he's there now. You know, it's it's funny with, with, with that show. I mean, there's each character's been through so many different trials mm-hmm. that, that have kind of evolved them into the characters they are when the season starts. And, and Bran, Bran is the same, but there for Bran, you can pinpoint the exact fucking moment that character <laughs> changes, yeah. and it all is all about Hodor. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you see. A totally different character after that that episode. Yep. And I, I won't dive back into that for anyone who hasn't seen it. Um. But but yeah, it Bran is Bran is something else right now. Yeah. But I'm liking. But I love him coming in and being too. like, we don't have time for this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's bad things <laughs> happening. Right, right. We got stuff to do. And I like that he has all the answers for the <laughs> most part. That does. And that's one of the things I've loved about the show always is the fast paced movement of it. That it's like you you could be 600 miles apart. But by the snap of a finger, you're in the new region or in the new land or kingdom, whatever you want to call it. There's not a lot of like travel time, and I that would that would have been so unbearable to be like travel to Winterfell from uh, King's Landing, <laughs> and then like you know two seasons later he finally arrives. I'm like, dude, come on with this. This is ridiculous. You know, and you get that in the books too, which is funny because like characters will just disappear for forever and ever and ever, and just because it's like, oh yeah, they're just on a horse right now. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing's happening. And that's what I was worried about with this show. Like when I first started watching season one, and you know Ned and King Robert are like, we're going to King's Landing. I was like, this is gonna take forever. <laughs> and then it's like two seasons later, they're, they're just they're just there, and everything is working out, and you know they're doing what they got to do. And I liked it. It's fast pace like that that you don't have to wait a long time for Bran to go through all this training to become the three-eyed raven he just is and he just knows all this stuff and i like that he has all the answers now let me ask you something too before i before i bring up the next thing i wanted to talk about uh you were able to revisit every episode yes. prior to this right like you rewatched yeah. every, every season mm-hmm. so you, you you it's all fresh in your brain right now so Pretty much you are you are, are ripe for the picking right now yeah. you, you have everything i want to know well the, i went through a lot of content in a very short amount of time. So there might be some things that skip in <laughs> okay, and out. Okay. Cause I, we watched the entire series over like less than a month. We That's just incredible. crushed it. I so love it. We just wanted to get through it. So if you ask me something and I don't remember exactly, just take and keep in mind that I rushed through this very quick, but we did watch every episode. It wasn't like fast forwarding through stuff. We didn't want to see 
Ernie Lapp. So an- another reunion that was kind of less talked about, but of I thought uh, uh, equal interest at least to me was was Tyrion and Sansa. Yes, I like that too. They haven't seen each other since uh, since Joffrey's death. Mm-hmm. Which was <laughs> quite a quite a turning point for both those characters. Well, as soon as he walks up and you know he starts talking to her, I got even a little tense. Like, ooh, where is this going to go? Because mm-hmm. you know they were forced to get married, and he treated her with a lot of respect when that happened. He he didn't abuse her. He didn't use her. He didn't treat her like other characters would have. Yeah, in, despite in that his situation. father urging him to, he didn't force himself on her. Exactly. He was he treated her with a lot of respect, and he was a Tyrion's always been a pretty good guy in that show. And that was just him being a good guy as well. But at the same time, and they even mention it, you know, he says something along the lines of like, last time I saw you was at Joffrey's wedding. And, you know, you did leave abruptly after that. And it's like, because of you leaving abruptly, I was almost killed. Yeah. Like you, I almost died because of you. Uh, The the trial of Tyrion is one of the highlights of that season. That so good. still pisses me off to no end, though, that Oberon couldn't just let it go. <laughs> oh, we'll have to do like a, a deep dive analysis of all the seasons mm-hmm. down the road. But I don't know if anyone's watching and they even oof. know what I'm talking about. I know one one of my one of my uh, closest friends who's a, who's a dedicated listener to the show for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has not watched it, so he has a lot of surprises uh, okay. up ahead. Gotcha. But uh, is he planning he need, on he, watching? He needs to get aboard. Yeah, apparently his wife's been sneaking it in oh, behind nice. his back. And he cool. didn't know. <laughs> yeah, but my buddy, my buddy Nick was actually over last night to watch a premiere, and his girlfriend, who he lives with, does not watch. So mm. he came solo, and we watched it because she's not interested. So yeah. it is what it is. Uh, uh, from from the Sansa and, and Tyrion conversation, one of my favorite takeaways was was uh, I mean, Sansa's just become from a character who I thought was just vapid and dull mm-hmm. in the first bunch of seasons. Yeah. After everything she's been through, to being becoming one of the more interesting characters, I think. Right. And then looking Tyrion dead in the eyes mm-hmm. and kind of mocking him for believing his sister, who was like mm-hmm. the biggest liar in the history of the show. Yeah. <laughs> I did like that. Really made me laugh. I got a good chuckle out of that. And not only that, she's right. Yeah, 100%. But Tyrion She doesn't knows know that, that the, the Lannister army's not coming north. Yeah, but Tyrion's not aware of that. He's putting his blind faith in this horrible queen, his sister. Yeah. And he believes her at face value. And Sansa knows better. Yeah. And I love that she called him out on that. And it's only it, we're going to find out next episode the truth, yeah. which we'll get. We'll talk about that here in a minute. I mean, and, and that's why I think Sansa has a good chance of being the last person standing and, you know, just mm-hmm. to sit on the throne because she learned how to play the game from some of the best. Well, the thing that is interesting to me about Sansa is that she's become so strong and she hasn't, she's not like adult anymore and obnoxious and like a young kid, you right. know, but, um, you know, during Battle of the Bastards, which is obviously going back. I know we're not trying to do that tonight, but no, uh, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, they they won that battle because she called in the Knights of the Vale and had Littlefinger help, which they all hate him. She even hated him, and now she and so she brought in someone that they didn't trust from the outside to come in and help them win this battle. And now John's bringing in someone from the outside to help them win an even bigger battle, but she's resistant to it. Like you're, you started doing stuff like that, bringing in people that John may not trust. The wildlings and the free people do not know or trust, but you brought them in without asking and saved their asses. Why can't you believe and trust John in this situation? That the Unsullied and the Dothraki can help us in this situation. So, so my thought on that is, is uh, I think Sansa knew Littlefinger has his comeuppance ahead of him. Mm-hmm. I think she had plans for that guy. Yeah, I think she she knew exactly what she was going to do with him. Mm-hmm. I think with 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 Danny, 
it's it's a total wild card. Right, it's too unknown. It's it's a lot of unknowns and it's a lot of power too with mm-hmm. her dragons. True, yeah. You know, it's like she knows she can't quite manipulate the way that she did with Littlefinger and his the way Littlefinger uh, met his ending. That's true because Littlefinger Lord Baelish, I should say. Yeah, Baelish. He shows up in Winterfell alone and mm-hmm. just believes he'll be safe. Uh, Daenerys shows up with you know like 60, a million unsullied <laughs> and a couple of dragons, yeah, and like and a bunch of uh, uh the the Dothraki. Dothraki. <laughs> and if you go back to last season when they do that big battle with the dragon, when you finally see a dragon getting into like a serious battle when Bronn shoots the arrow and oh, it's so good on oh, the, the money train, yeah. But after that battle, when Jamie goes back to Cersei, he straight up is like, "We cannot beat the Dothraki. I've seen people fight before. These dudes do it for fun. Like they're not fighting to win. They're doing it because they love to kill us." I have watched that scene on YouTube yeah. ten thousand <laughs> times because Bronn's like, "Get the fuck out of here. We're yeah. about to get slaughtered." Yeah. <laughs> and even Jamie goes back. He's like, "These people don't fight to win. They fight for fun. Like this is sport to them, and they want to kill us. Yeah. They're not doing it out of it's... necessity. They're looking forward to it. We're not going to win this fight." Oh, so many great. Moments in that show's history. It's unbelievable yeah. to try and try and capture all of them in in a single thing. But even going back to last night with the whole Sansa versus Daenerys thing, you're right about the fact that she's such a wild card because when they're doing the table, they're sitting at the table talking. Sansa's bringing up the whole thing about like we have enough food and provisions for us, but we don't have enough for all these soldiers and all these people. She's like, "What do dragons eat anyway?" And Daenerys just turns and goes, "Whatever they want." Yeah, and it's so like you, okay, that's a challenge. You, that's you, a huge challenge. So you, you got a great line out of that, if nothing else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that just proves, like, no, I'll do whatever the hell I want, and I don't really care what you think. Like you might be the Lady Winterfell, but I'm the queen in I'm my still eyes. the queen of the Seven Realms, right? Or Seven Realms, <laughs> Seven Seven Kingdoms, Seven Kingdoms. Thank you. Good it's Lord. Like, I will still take whatever I want. Mm-hmm. I will kill whoever. All right. <laughs> the next thing I want to bring up for the episode with you is uh, something you and I had texted about uh, afterwards. Oh, yeah. And that would be Danny and John uh, going for a, for a little playful ride on some dragons. Yeah, I didn't like any of that. <laughs> the whole first like little bit of the episode really irked me. Aside from the few uh, reunions we got, the whole like flying off together and just like the whole like romantic comedy type feel they gave to it annoyed me a lot actually i didn't need we don't need this there's a lot of story to tell we don't need this garbage right now yeah the the white walkers are coming the the wall's down yeah and as we found out in the end of the episode they're closer than we originally thought so let's like you know let's get this moving here let's stop with the the grab ass at the waterfall and let's move on with the story here so i guess what i'm curious about uh with that with that scene is is it doesn't really seem to register with, with Danny that, that John is able to ride a dragon, which apparently is only right. a Targaryen trait. That's I was thinking the same thing. Like, do you not realize that there's something else in play here? Yeah. Like, he's been able to pet them, and now he's riding them and, like, becoming friends with them. That seems a little strange to me. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe or maybe she's just ignoring the signs. I don't. I, uh, I, she, I don't know. She's maybe she's in love. She could be blinded by it. I don't know. Or maybe, but she's, I don't, maybe she's into it. Maybe she's kinky that way. I don't know. Well, that's the thing. No, dumb. She's not. But Tab and I were talking about this, and she was even saying that I think the Targaryen weren't the Targaryens somewhat known for some incest in their bloodline at some point. Yes. Yeah. Hundred percent. So it might not bother her all that much. It may, you're right. You're right. It may not. Though I don't. I do. I don't think she knows. Right. I, I think they're both kind of being like. Naive young lovers, I suppose. They need to get over it. Is what they they, need, they to need to get over it. Like the yeah. threat is real. Mm-hmm. They, they've seen what the White Walkers are up to. Mm-hmm. I was a little. I, I'll go with miffed because I feel like Danny's reaction to the fact when, when Bran tells her that the Night King has one of her dragons now. 
Mm-hmm. I thought she should have been a bit more upset and concerned. Yeah, she didn't seem all that bummed about it. She was <laughs> just like, well, all right, whatever. I got She's two like, yeah, more. I got two more. It's fine. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no, no. Well, it seems like the writers were like, well, we don't have time for her to have a reaction. But it's like, well, we don't have time for her to go play, like, have a picnic at a waterfall either. <laughs> it's time, like, you know, Tormund and Baron are off doing the hard work. John's hanging out playing grab ass in Winterfell when there's a threat coming. You know, and that just was a little annoying to me. I, I just wanted more mm-hmm. than that. But as leading up to what what we find out later from Sam and the tombs, I think maybe they maybe there was a point to it that they're going to build upon their relationship of being in love or whatever. And then once that final like announcement hits, which kind of did last night, but Daenerys doesn't know, maybe that's where it just like will take a weird turn. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's hard to say. But I just think that there was too there's too much story to tell right now for them to be screwing around with stuff like that. I was also uh, and, and perhaps this is me being a, a cold blooded bastard. I was a little surprised that Sam Samuel Tarley had such a strong reaction to finding out that his uh, father and his brother were dead. Yeah. I understand that his his brother he had a better relationship with, but his mm-hmm. dad didn't like him very much. No, <laughs> and it's, it seemed at first he was a little miffed about the, the dad, but he was like, well, hey, at least I can go back home now. And that was kind of, I was seeing things through his eyes and from his perspective. It's like, well, you know, when all else fails, I have a place to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I can go home, he can take Gilly and the baby, and they can be safe, and they don't have to deal with, like, a scumbag dad anymore. But the brother was always good to him from the outside perspective, the small bit we saw when they were back home. Uh, so having the dad killed, I understand, or the, the brother killed, I understand that would make him upset. But at the same time, even if you hate your parent, there's a chance that, you know, when you find out they're killed like that or murdered, it's still going to hurt a little bit. I, like I said, I think it's my cold-bloodedness. <laughs> Apparently, Maybe. I'm not that worried about it. But I don't think he... he, he, he I, it seemed like he tried to be good with his dad, but his dad hated him. Well, and I, and I should realize, too, that, that, that Samuel Tarly is an emotional character. Right. He, he makes decisions based on his emotions and his yeah. feelings about things. Absolutely. So I, in, I suppose in that context, it does make, make sense. Yeah. I wanted to point out, too, that... Uh, I really respect and appreciate the the kind of symmetry that they did with this episode and that just like in the very first episode where all these people are coming together at Winterfell for for basically what kicks off everything mm-hmm. that now for the final episodes before the final war against an adversary they didn't realize they had it back in the first season that they're all everyone's coming back to Winterfell everyone's this is kind of where everyone's meeting up again and reconnecting and, 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 and like I said, seeing that journey, like that ringer that all these people who are still alive right. have been put through. So I, I really, really, really love that. And I think nothing underscores and highlights that fact more than the, than the, the very final reunion mm-hmm. at the end of the show, which is when, when Jamie Lannister, mm-hmm. who has left his sister's service yep. to go fight the war, mm-hmm. Arrives in Winterfell, and the first person he sees, Brandon Stark, <laughs> yep. in his wheelchair, like a total fucking creeper, just staring Absolutely, at him. Yep. Did you think when he rode in, and I could be alone in this, but when that rider rode in with the hood on on the black horse, wearing all black, I was like, oh, Benjen came back. Benjen's I, back. I kind of wondered at first. I, I, mm-hmm. A couple ideas popped through my head at first, I, and... Uh, Prior pr- earlier in the episode, they they had shown that Theon was going to go back to winter to Winterfell, and I was like, him. oh, maybe that's Theon arriving too. Mm-hmm. But it made sense that like Jamie is the character we hadn't seen. Yeah, and there is it, it, interestingly enough too. Earlier in the episode, we haven't really talked about the Cersei stuff because it's kind of 
I don't know. I don't. I'm still processing the Cersei scenes. Right. Yeah, that was. But she she's gonna pay Bronn a fortune Mm -hmm. of gold to kill Tyrion and and Jaime with the same crossbow that Tyrion killed Tywin with. Right. So it's now now all the 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 defiant Lannister children are are in Winterfell. Mm -hmm. Supposedly Bronn's coming for him. So I don't think Bronn will play that out. I don't think Bronn will either. I don't think he'll go that road. I don't think he will either. He he's, he he proved himself loyal with Jamie and and Tyrion to an extent. Like yeah, he's a he's a he's a sellsword. He's a mercenary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's like reluctantly honorable to an right. extent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, mean, I don't see that panning out because I think he knows. I mean, he know, like Cersei has screwed him in the past. Mm-hmm. She screwed him out of a, out of a out of a, a castle and a wife and all yep. these other things. And not to mention last night. And 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 the three women he had lined up, mm-hmm. though they were doing a terrible job of being his companions for the night. Right. They wouldn't shut up. Leave it. Just kept talking they, about dragons, they just wanted, people's faces. They just wanted to talk to him about stuff, and he was like, "Dude, enough." <laughs> I'm out. I'm I'm so checked out right now. Exactly. But I don't. Th- I don't. I don't know that I see him going down that road. And if he does, I don't see him taking out Jamie. Maybe Tyrion. Mm-hmm. I don't see him taking out Jamie. Well, I'll, I'll get into the speculation in a second. But I, I, I wanted to mention again too. That, that I think one of the reasons, at least for me, what I took from 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 Jamie and Bran locking eyes at the very end of the episode uh, before it goes to credits, is that these are the two characters who more or less kicked off their yeah, show. The like end. what happens at the end of the first yep. episode is the impetus for everything that comes next. Absolutely. And these are probably the characters who are the most diametrically opposite of where mm-hmm. they were. Right, probably the mo- the most changed. Mm-hmm. I would say that you're dead on with that. And, That's and right. so I I loved that 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 uh that connection the two characters seem to have, and and Jamie seems generally concerned. He, he definitely <laughs> looked concerned, and Bran didn't take his eyes off him. He was just dead stare. Well, and and uh, throughout the episode, Bran Stark had like the dead eye creeper stare for a lot of people, mm-hmm. but the one for Jamie was very interesting. And I thought what I also thought was interesting too was early on in the episode. Someone asked Brendan what he was doing, sitting out in the courtyard by himself, and he said, mm-hmm. "Waiting for an old friend." Yeah. And when I realized that that's he's talking about Jamie, <laughs> is when I'm like, "Holy <laughs> shit, that is that is something else right there." And that's what I mean is like, no matter what's going on, Bran knows everything. Mm-hmm. He knows everything that's coming, and I think that's been speculated before anyway that this is Bran, Bran knows where this is headed and where it's going to go and all that stuff. But they need to start listening to him. And maybe I think we'll get that now moving forward with John and him back. He's going to, he'll start, they'll start paying attention to him more. Yeah, I think so. And I, th- I think they have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you have more or less a profit on your side, maybe yeah. it's time to start paying attention a bit. Right, exactly. Uh, you know, a, a lot of things have also happened in the episode where, you know, we kind of gloss over a few things. I don't really want to get into the Greyjoys necessarily. I'm kind of waiting to see how that plays out. Yeah, the Euron is awful. I just want to, I'm just excited just to see when he bag. dies. Yeah. I don't like, scumbag. I don't like his character. I don't like the way he acts or any of that. So his death will be great. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. One of the things I pulled away from last night was, uh, Last season, Cersei had told had basically lied to Jamie and said I that she's pregnant with another kid with him. Mm-hmm. But last night, after her interaction with Euron, she was drinking wine, and from what I read, uh, there's parts in the story where she had mentioned something about how she didn't drink wine when she was pregnant the first three times. She was drinking wine last night, which means that what she said to Jamie was probably a lie. Yeah, that was never true. And maybe some people picked up on that the first time, but last night when I saw her drinking the wine is when I was like, okay, that was definitely a lie to try and lock him in and like brainwash him to stay and do her bidding. And 
she doesn't have to lie to him anymore because he bailed, you know? Yeah, I mean, and Jamie all of a sudden is, is, is a character who uh, is thirsty for, for mm-hmm. noble deeds. Yeah. And uh, again, like I said, uh, 100% the opposite of where he was when, the, when that show started. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm curious if you want to do a little little uh, forecasting, a little, little pred- predicting. Like, so, where do you, how, how do you think people's uh, end fates will be? My biggest prediction that I've thought for a long time, one, I think that I wouldn't be all that shocked if the story ends with uh, like Sam being at the Citadel as an old man like telling a story. Sure. Because last, when he's at the Citadel learning all this, I think his last season, he made some comment about like if he ever were to write a great story, he's like, I just name it Game of Thrones. <laughs> Like, my, my book would be called Game of Thrones. And I was thinking, well, that's probably going to... This story we're watching unfold is going to be Sam's, like, finishing his book or yeah, something. Yeah, Sam seems to be that character who is, like, the, the great witness to mm-hmm. incredible historical deeds. Yeah, and he meant, he does make a mention because he's there. He's talking to the, the high archmaster or whatever, I forget his name, about all the books that the great maesters had written. And he makes some comment about, if when I write mine, I'll just call it Game of Thrones. And that's what we've been watching and living this last few seasons. So it makes me think that maybe that's where it'll end. Like old man uh, Sam is like back at the wall or something, like finishing his book. Who knows? And then the other thing I for sure believe, and I could be wrong in this, is I think that Jamie will be the one to take Cersei out. I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I think Jamie has to kill Cersei. I think that's the thing that makes the most sense. Well, he killed the Mad King. And it was Kingslayer. Mm-hmm. And now I think it's only the only way to wrap this up is for the Kingslayer to become a Queenslayer and kill the Mad Queen. It's the only thing that seems to make sense. And it would be even more beautiful because we know how much she means to him. Mm-hmm. And all the things she's done in the last couple seasons has hurt him so bad. Yeah. And it's just made him turn to essentially go fight for the other side and abandon her. And he cared for her so much. You know, it was just a couple seasons ago when he was with Lord Edwin. He was telling him when he had him captor, like, I will do, I will kill everyone on this earth to get back to Cersei. Like, if I have to murder you and your entire family, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And now his, his perspective has completely changed. He's turned his back on her, and he knows how crazy she's becoming. I mean, she blew up the... the uh, the Sept of Valor. Sept, yeah, yeah, with, like, everybody in it. Yes. And did it with the wildfire, just like the Mad King planned to do, you know, generations before, and he never ended up doing it. And I think Jamie will be the one to take her out. I could be wrong, but I think that's what's going to happen. I don't know what will happen with who will sit on the throne at the end. Um, part of me likes to think that since they talk about, like, the was Balar the Dread, the mm-hmm. biggest dragon is the one the throne was forged with his fire. It makes me want to see like Drogon destroy it with his fire. That's actually like, melted down. That's actually where I am. Mm-hmm. And my train of thought is that, that whether it's whether I, I, I put if there's a person who one person, one individual who goes forward, I feel like it's either either Danny or John, mm-hmm. but they will just be done with the throne. They yeah. will melt it down and it will be no more. And, mm-hmm. and, that's how that's how the game ends. Right. And 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 Danny has made reference to doing things like that when she talks mm-hmm. about like breaking the circle. Right, yeah. So I, I but I don't know if, if it's gonna be her or, mm-hmm. or or I I'm still a little wobbly on who's gonna be the one make to make that move, but I, yeah. I, I do think the throne ant does not get anyone anyone sitting on it because yeah. I think the throne's done. I I I wouldn't be that shocked to see Daenerys go down in this season and for John to survive it all. 
and to go down there with one of the dragons, probably Drogon, which is the main dragon. It's her favorite, mm-hmm. the biggest of the three or whatever, and him melt it down and have John just destroy it and be like, nope, we're done with this nonsense. We're not doing this anymore. Yeah. We're moving past this. Well, and he has proven himself to be... And, and no, don't get me wrong. Danny's done the same thing, but she, both they have, they have both proven to be sort of rulers of the people. Mm-hmm. Though Danny's been more of a legitimate ruler, and, mm-hmm. Dan, and John's just kind of become like the accidental king, right? The accidental <laughs> leader. He never even wanted any of this. No, never wanted any of it to do. And I guess mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a lot of popular lore, I mean, that's what makes the best king is the guy who doesn't want it the most. Yeah, true. You know, the, the one who's not craving the power, not craving mm-hmm. the rule, the ruler, rule, ruler. I was gonna say rulerness, and that's not even a word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I, uh, ah, there's so much that could happen, mm-hmm. and now that John knows his parentage, I think that changes things completely mm-hmm. for for how he's going to interact with with the other uh, with the other characters in future interactions with Danny, and will she be able to handle it? No, I like, don't. Will he have to kill her? I don't know, but I don't think that she he I don't think she's going to handle it well. And one of the things that Sam says last night, you know, like you. What does he say? Like, you gave up your crown to save your people. Will she do the same? Will she do the same? And I don't know that she will do that. I'm not sure she will either. I mean, she's been on a path mm-hmm. since very early in the, in the show. Yep. And, and again, I don't know. And that, and that may seal her fate as well. You know, kings and queens do not last on the show for mm-hmm. long. They've done, you know, her and Cersei have done better than most. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, ultimately, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, and I'm also curious if you think... What role do you think Tyrion has going forward? Because I'm concerned. I love Tyrion mm-hmm. so, so very, very much. I'm concerned he has a heel turn coming his way. I am actually worried about that, too. And it was the finale of last season when John and Danny go in the, the room together on that boat. And you see him creeping in yes. the dark, staring. And yes. that makes you think, like, he might not be all on the level like he's been saying he is. That, that, that's exactly when I was, got really nervous that he was gonna go the other way and not only that there was a secret meeting with him and cersei and we saw we some of that yeah right. and like we we heard some of what came of that but we don't know all of it and he may have made some sort of weird promise to her like i'll kill the girl you bring your army to say to kill the dead type of situation so maybe he goes in and takes her out maybe but it, 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 the only thing that, that i think puts a, a bit of a dent into that is is the notion now is she's hiring Bronn to kill them both. Right. Both her, uh, Tyrion and Jamie. But I don't mm-hmm. know. That's true. There's so much that's going to happen in the next seven episodes. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think, you know, you and I talked privately about this. And we both agreed, like, this episode was a lot of table setter. Mm-hmm. But, and it was great. Like, there's a lot of great moments in, in the show. But it, it is a little underwhelming in the sense that we didn't get a lot of crazy stuff happening. Right. Because now we only have seven seven episodes mm-hmm. to bring a lot of plot threads together. Yeah, but this one set the table, and I think from this point forward, it's going to be nothing but nonstop craziness. And we get that at the very end, and plus on the next week on, mm-hmm. the little preview, it's yeah. it's getting nuts. Where you see, you know, like I mentioned earlier, Tormund and Beric were walking I, I through. Wanted, I wanted to mention Tormund, because I know you love Tormund, yeah. and like, that scene is great. And they were walking and through. Scary. Uh, House Umber, the hall mm-hmm. for the Umbers, where they John had just sent Lord Umber to get his people to come back, and the next time we see Lord Umber, he's been dismembered, been pinned to a wall, pinned to a wall with like a weird spiral thing of limbs around yeah. him. Yeah, we've and, seen those spiral patterns before, and he's a lot. He's undead. Like he's yeah, it's, been it's killed. It's great but, when he opens his eyes behind Tormund, but I was so scared that yeah. Tormund was going to get like 
just killed. Yeah. See, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I see John and Tormund making it to the end of this. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I would love to see Tormund make his way to the end of this. I would too. Tormund's um, become, uh, quickly become, a, become a, a, not only a fan favorite, but also one of my favorites. But that was a great setup for the rest of the, where we're going to go for next week because they say, you know, Tormund shows up on the pre, on the mm-hmm. next week on. He's talking to John and he's like, the, the dead are between us and the House Umber. Like, we got here before them, but they're close. Yeah. They're beyond the wall. They're now, they've already made it to the uh, to House Umber and killed them all, killed the entire family. Like, that that whole bloodline's done. And now uh, they're between that house and Winterfell, which is very not, it's not very far away. No, and my, so. my maps of Westeros are a little vague, but there's the, the, the other family in the north who isn't coming. The Karstarks? The Karstarks. Mm-hmm. Is the Karstarks who are not going? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they haven't shown up yet. Yeah, they may be next. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see if they show up or not because they they make mention how they vowed to fight with the Starks for the, like the last thousand years, yeah. but now they're breaking that vow. And yeah, all that. I think I think they mentioned a couple of houses too that mm-hmm. are not happy to see a queen from the south coming well, north. Well, one of my favorite characters of the entire show, Lyanna Mormont, was not happy about that. No, she was downright pissy, and she's just an absolutely phenomenal character. On I can't get enough of her. She's just amazing. How. She's like this little girl with so much spice that just like says what's <laughs> up and she's in charge of a house that's not very strong, but they're like, they're not very big, but they're very strong, you know, power and not power in numbers necessarily, but uh, I love her character and she's, she's a, she's a badass on that show. One, one more reunion I want to, I want to bring up too real quick is, uh, is, is Arya and the mm-hmm. Hound. Oh yes. That was a great one. Too. That was a great one. Mm-hmm. Really surprising. I mean, I, I think we, I think we were all surprised that the Hound has made it this far. Yeah. Well, and he'd almost got taken out once. I, I, almost, I think he's almost been taken out a couple of times. Well, Bran <laughs> left his ass for dead and threw yeah. him off a mountain essentially. Mm-hmm. And how he came back from that, I, who knows? But I mean, Brienne did best him and throw his ass off a mountain and break mm-hmm. him into pieces and he still came back. Yeah. No, and he, uh, he's, he's, I mean, he, the Hound's been fantastic. It was, it's, especially since he left Joffrey's service, mm-hmm. since he abandoned uh, King's Landing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that character, again, another character who's like been through quite a bit. Yeah. And you know, you know the battle of, 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 of the Cleans is coming. Yes. You know, him and the Mountain, they got to square off. And I can't imagine the Mountain beats the Hound. That's just going to be such a stupid letdown if that happens. How but, underwhelming would it be yeah. to have the, the Hound just get. No, the hound destroyed has, by the mountain. The hound has to kill the mountain because the mountain's been strong this entire series. He's been talked about as this legend, you know, larger than life legend, bigger than the hound. And he bested the hound and burnt his face off when they were kids. This yeah. is the time for the hound to get his piece and beat him finally. I, I watched a, a little like a, a little behind the scenes featurette, you know, with all the cast members, kind of like reminiscing about the show and 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 you know the importance of it to them and, and the, the great relationships that they've developed with the, with the other actors. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, at one point they get to the point where they're, where they're like, well, you know, what's, what's next for you? What are you looking forward to about the show being done? Mm-hmm. And, uh, they go to the actor. I forget the actor's name. who's playing the hound. But he's like, I'm looking forward to not, to not having half a beard <laughs> for six months out of the year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was a hilarious mm-hmm. line. Well, so the two things that I was wondering if they're ever going to come up, and last night I hoped one of the two would come up, but um, last season when they go beyond the wall to collect the the dead and bring it to King's Landing, it's when John and Jorah first meet oh, yeah. and hang out. 
And we all know John's sword is the Mormont house sword that was yeah. supposed to be Jorah's. It's supposed to be Jorah's. But Jorah never makes mention of it. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if that's ever going to come up like, hey, that's my sword, you son of a bitch. What I've, are you doing with that? I have wondered the same thing. Yeah, but at the same time, Jorah's now in Winterfell, and Lyanna Mormont is, winter, is in Winterfell. Why are we not getting some sort of discussion here about, like, you know, the whole Mormont family turned their back on Jorah, and now he's here. And yeah. Lyanna is a very honorable ruler. Yeah. Uh, and she, what if she wants him dead for the things he did before? Yeah. Uh, for anyone not who may not recall, because it, I mean, it's been forever since it was mentioned, but Jorah went into exile because of Ned Stark. Mm-hmm. Gave him a choice, death or exile. Yeah. Because he was, uh, I think he was like selling slaves or something. Mm-hmm, something like that. And uh, so, so yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, that that's definitely something that I hope we get a little, like, nod or something. Yeah, because he's, he's in Winterfell now. Yeah. And so is Lyanna, and the Mormont folks are there. That totally makes sense. You're right. And there are people, that, about that. There are people that are going to remember who Jorah Mormont is. Mm-hmm. And Lyanna may not have been alive when that happened, but she's around now, and she's in charge, and she's got to know the legend. And sooner or later, they've got to come face to face, even if it's like a quick little snippet of like, you're a scumbag for what you did, but we're going to forgive you. At least something. Something. Like, no, something you're, you're to right. move past it. Like, I mean, we said it a few minutes ago. There's so much that has to happen. And I think that's mm. one of those things that does have to happen. You're, you're, you're 100% right yeah. about that. I'm looking forward to when that happens because Liana is such a little badass. I just want to see how she handles it. She just shanks him right yeah. there. <laughs> like, I can't imagine You're not that, worthy. I would like to see Jor. Jor has redeemed himself so many times oh, on this yeah. show. And he's proven himself so many times that I just want to see him do well and succeed in this show now. I'm a, I'm a Jorah Mormont fan. And when they give him grayscale and they were able to cure it, which is like an uncure, incurable thing, they can't just... It's like when Jon Snow came back and they were gonna and they made it look like he was going to die in the Battle of the Bastards. Like, you can't bring someone back just to die again. That's stupid. It's, <laughs> it, it is. It's right. like, that's just lazy writing. No, and for anyone who's, who still isn't to the podcast, and if you aren't a Game of Thrones fan, I mean... The storylines in this show are, A, they're insane, mm-hmm. insanely enjoyable, but the way that the, all these characters cross and intersect with each other at different points and at different times in their journey to, you know, where they become, the, the people they become in, yeah. their, in, the, in their growth and development, it's unbelievable mm-hmm. the way that they, the, the, it's just a, a beautifully woven tapestry. Yeah. Uh, uh, the way these characters, from from the first book and the first episode to, to where they are, and mm-hmm. well, I shouldn't say the last book because there's still two more to go, and <laughs> right. he hasn't finished them yet. Yeah, the show will be done before the books, which I think is probably the first time in history. Right. <laughs> and do you think he'll ever just be like, forget it? Who cares now? Or will he do it? I think he's. I think he's going to do it because there's a lot in the books that they don't even talk about in the mm-hmm. show. There there are entire storylines that have, are completely skipped, mm. and I think that I think actually probably for the betterment. Because I, I, there, there are side stories in the, in the books where you're just like, where is this going? Mm-hmm. Like, how can this possibly end well for this group of characters? Right, right. <laughs> and, and, and so I, apparently the Winds of Winter is close to being done, mm-hmm. but I've been hearing that for three years. Right. I have the show, and that's all I need. Isn't window, is that the one that he wrote, like, 2,500 pages or something, and he can't cut it down, so yeah, they can't basically. do anything with it? Well, I guess, they're, I guess they've been talking about splitting it up, mm-hmm. um, which... I mean, whatever. At this point, just just give it to me. Just put it out. I'll just read the damn thing. I, like I read all the other damn things. Yeah, just put it out already. <laughs> the interesting part about the books is is the way that the and the sh- the show does a good job of this too, actually. But the way that it builds its world is fantastic, mm-hmm. and I can't recommend them highly enough to people. Yeah, because everything you love about the show is in the books, but in such a way that it doesn't read like a, you know you think you're reading a fantasy book, mm-hmm. 
but it doesn't start that way. The writing is insane. Too. It's insane, <laughs> unbelievable. But, like, but you're not you're not inundated with tons of lore about magic or, and dragons. Like that. Mm. that all comes, but it's introduced methodically. And the, bring, the show the, does a nice way of that too. The way he describes things is just so eloquent and beautiful, though. Where it's like you get sucked in so fast, and you get to a point where you're like, I don't really want to stop this because the way he's describing these things is just like. It's like unlo- it's unlike most things out there. He's it, it makes sense why it became the phenomenon mm-hmm. it was before the show, and then the storytelling so great that of course the show is going to be a massive yeah. hit. But the the writing alone is just like phenomenal. Yeah, and it's 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 great too because uh, you know I have a lot of friends who say, oh, I don't want to read it. Those are like a, like a thousand pages. And mm-hmm. I'm like, but it doesn't read like a thousand pages. Yeah, what else are you doing? Well, and especially because each chapter is divided up in, into characters and their and their right. point of view, mm-hmm. and. There's are other there are characters you like more than others, mm-hmm. and so you kind of want to get through certain characters so you can get <laughs> yeah. to the character you like again. Right, and then by the next book, the character you didn't like that much in the first book, you like a lot more in the next yeah. one. Or they're dead, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> you are 100 percent accurate. Yeah. The Anyways, o- we we love this show. There's one other thing I want to bring up, which yes. we haven't talked about yet, oh, which oh. I feel like is it's kind of an important thing to bring what up if we're going to talk what about I miss. this. It's the reunion of Arya and Gendry, which we didn't talk about yet. Right? So Sexual tension. It's the first time we've <laughs> seen Arya act sort of girly with like flirting and smiling and being kind of cute. And You're stuff. right. Yeah. And Gendry's kind of like, you know, what happened to you? Good to see you alive and all that stuff. But she hands him that cryptic drawing it was like make me this weapon mm-hmm. and if you look closely at it it's like some sort of thing that it's like, like detachable yeah, it's like a detachable thing yeah. or something that like fires and like it's going to be interesting to see what that weapon is and where yeah. that comes from if that's going to be like a long some sort of dragon glass projectile we might see Arya really handle some business with that thing Th- that scene brought up an interesting side conversation at home mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was so. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was asked why isn't Gendry next in line for the Iron for the Iron Throne? I was like, well, he's the son of the usurper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, well, what do you mean by that? And I was like, mm-hmm. well, uh, the Baratheons don't matter at this point. It doesn't. It, yeah, the it's Baratheons no good. are Baratheons the, are done. Yeah, they're off the table. <laughs> they're off the table. They're, they don't. There is no House Baratheon anymore. Mm-hmm. It's forget about it. Gendry just wants to live and be a blacksmith. Yeah, leave him alone. And at this point, I don't think anyone would even b- care about him as a ruler anyway, because like you said, Baratheon House is dead. Yeah, and he's it's a, he's a bastard at best. Exactly. So, yeah. and yeah, how are you get Gendry out of this? And really, everything in these shows is like you're taking some one person's word for everything. There's no like twenty three and Me to prove that <laughs> <laughs> Gendry came from where he came from, and why know? he's got a bias towards salt based foods. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there's no like. There's no spit in a jar. Figure out your ancestry tonight. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, though it is interesting. Uh, you know, we, we we talked about it when we were doing doing the Star Wars uh, chat. Um, but obviously, bloodlines play a big part in the show. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if by the end, if 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 what we think may happen happens, mm-hmm. how big a bloodline is going to be? Like like the houses may all be not in, less significant than they are. If nothing else, they, you know, yeah. no, nobility, the caste system, it all may just go out the window. But Who that's knows? where that's where history has gone in in our own history too. Exactly. So, so it's like hit, that history or uh, fiction mirroring real life or whatever the phrases yeah it could be just you know becoming a more modernization of the world mm-hmm. that we're more com- that we're more familiar with than this whole like my lady my lord all this junk that yeah. that it could start to play out or become played out 
and become more of a modernization of things. I, I think people need to be, be prepared for the, the possibility that, yeah, no one will sit in the Iron mm-hmm. Throne. And, and this is like about the elevation of the people. Yeah, that's what that's kind of what I'm that's where I'm headed with this. I think that that throne's getting melted because they've yeah. made so many. And if you rewatch the I've rewatched the series like six times now. So if you rewatch <laughs> the series enough, you start to you really do. I don't know how many times you've rewatched it, but you start to pick up on Just little twice. things. It's twice. Well, you start to pick up on stuff. Yeah. And, you know, like in season two, someone will say something and you'll be like, I know the story now. I know where it's headed. And this person just said this really obscure line in season two. But in season five, that line comes back and becomes a big deal. And so rewatching it this last time, thinking, having that thought process, they make so many mentions about how the the throne was forged by a dragon, by Baylor the Dread, and how they just say it all the time, like he was the biggest dragon, the, the hottest dragon, and he forged the thing, blah, blah, blah. They make mention nonstop. And as I'm watching it back, hearing these mentions so many times, I'm like, that thing's getting destroyed by a dragon. I know, I, I agree. Uh, though, for me, it was, like I said, I've, I've watched it through twice. Um, for me, I, I, where I kind of bought into into the theory of the, the throne getting melted was, just interviews I've read with George R.R. R. Martin mm-hmm. where I kind of feel like he has like kind of like kind of like a disdain mm-hmm. for, for, for the way the government is, is and the way it runs the country and stuff like that. And I'm wondering to myself, like this fucker doesn't have any respect for authority. Right. Why is he gonna put another King on the throne or another queen yeah. on the throne? Like mm-hmm. he may just like be like, Hey, now's the time for the people to step up and do what they're supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. So that's, I think that's where I, we're I headed. Think maybe, maybe some of his interviews and, George R. R. Martin is is not an easy interview to get, mm-hmm. but I think maybe he's forecasting him or or, or kind of uh, maybe letting a few things slip here and there. A little foreshadowing Just, without yeah, without realizing not, not, not it. intentionally. Like they, they ask him a question and he answers it, but if you kind of extrapolate a little mm-hmm. bit, that, that's kind of where I'm taking it, and that could mm-hmm. be dead wrong. I'm happy to own that if I am. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I kind of think that he's he's. I think I think he's trying to show that the people are going to be the ones that rise up, but we'll, well, that, we will see. And that's why I think Jamie will kill the Mad Queen because the she entire show, all it's all is talked about is you're the Kingslayer, you're the Kingslayer, you're the Kingslayer. And it's like I'm telling you, if we rewatch this series over and over and over again, you start to realize. They don't mention things as often as they do unless it comes back into play. Yeah. Sooner or later, yeah. that's coming back. Well, and, and I don't think you can end. The, I don't think Danny gets the throne because I don't think this show's all about getting the Targaryens back on the throne. <laughs> right. That just seems ridiculous to me. Yeah. John will probably <laughs> show up with a dragon, melt the throne, and then give the world to the people and be and, like, and I'll be totally happy if we're, even, if we're somewhat in that realm. I'll be totally happy yeah. with, that, with that ending. Yeah. Then John will go back to Winterfell and be mayor of the North. <laughs> <laughs> Comptroller of the North. <laughs> no more king of the North. I'm now governor of the North. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Maybe he'll run for, like, board of education. Hey, there you go. That'd be great. <laughs> Elections in the North. Varys could be board of, dire- of uh, education because he has all those little birds. <laughs> so many birds. He knows how to teach the children. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I feel like we have to wrap it up. We went yeah. way longer than we expected. Eh, not too long, but yeah, I get. You. I, I think it's probably time to wrap it. It's a good chat, though. We yeah. could, we could talk about Star Wars and Game of Game of Thrones all day long. Absolutely, uh, we love these shows. I you know don't 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 expect us to be able to do this every week for every episode of Game of Thrones, but I think we will definitely reconvene mm-hmm. after the finale. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll come on and talk Game of Thrones anytime, especially oh. while the season's on. I, I love hearing you talk about Game of Thrones because you have such a passion for it. I do love that, it. Uh, uh, it's it's contagious. It gets it gets everyone fired up around you because uh, 
that that passion is just obvious. Just like just like when you're talking about cool rad beers on our <laughs> there you go. on our mother podcast, yeah. Beer Night in San Diego. We just talked for an hour twenty. Now we got to go talk again for what three hours because we can never shut that show up. That's all right. I got this sweet path water oh, yeah, bottle there you next go. to me. That's gonna keep me <laughs> hydrated and perfect. And, Keep the vocal cords cool and Even calm. better. I need to go chug down like six of them before Mike gets here, and I have to start screaming. <laughs> well, Mike's a whole different animal. Right. All right, let's wrap it up. Cody, where can people the people find you on the Instagrams and Twitters? Uh, Beer Night in San Diego on Instagram, at 3BZine on Twitter. And I think everyone knows by now, it's it's at the TomCast underscore Popcast on Instagram, at TomCast underscore Popcast on Twitter. Or you can do the Hoptology SDs on Instagram and Twitter. Either one's fine by me. Hit me up on either one of them. I love conversing with all of you guys. Uh, and if there's anything we're not talking about you want to hear us talk about, we'll make it happen. We can do that. I'm accommodating of nothing else, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you guys uh, putting up with my shenanigans. And I love you all. So uh, tune back in next time. We'll be back soon as we can. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions!